You're listening to County Live. It's the second of our legend specials during lockdown. Um, excitedly, what we've started doing is uh, recording in a very sophisticated way and talking to each other at the same time on WhatsApp because we can do that because technology is marvellous. Um, but all I can see is just the tip of your curtains, <laughs> the very top. I mean, they're very nice curtains, to be fair. Do you, want, do you want a guided tour of my front room? This is what the studio looks like. Okay. Maybe we should do this for content for the new Instagram page. You have to walk around and I'll describe what it is. So they've got some very nice curtains with leaves on them. Oh, they feather, feathers, fe- peacock feathers maybe, I don't know. If you look over here, yeah, you'll see some drawers can, with children's toys in. Children's toys and the neck of a guitar. Exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's the neck of a guitar. That's the guitar that I uh, supported Ocean Colour Scene with, but I don't want to bring that up now. No, that's for another podcast. Yep, that's the television over there. And a lamp. And up here, up here, this is my prized possessions. Some of my prized possessions. Um, Up here, I don't know if you can see those, but that is a wall full of signed boxing gloves. Sign boxing gloves, nice. For a man who loves boxing, that's, uh, you know, that's nice. We are here to talk about legendary Stockport County footballers, in particular, uh, Andy Priest. Now, on the Tuesday podcast, um, I waxed lyrical about what was to come. And let me tell you, I have not backed down on that one iota. Um, I cannot wait for this to go out. It's... um, uh, it may it may even go on my CV. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoyed doing it that much. Uh, Priestley was the kind of guy, you know. When you look back at him playing him back in the day, he's uh, he's got this amazing aura about. He's a similar energy to Matty Warburton, you know. He's got this personality on the pitch where he's he wants to be everywhere. He wants to win every ball. He wants to score all his goals. But when you speak to him off air, he, he he's a very deep person he knows the game and um yeah yeah he, listen he, he went to work for Chorley so we have we have to batter him for that of course we do but at the same time um we have to hear about the amazing insight into the game that he's got the stories that he's got um you know this guy went to play in the Premier League for look when he left Stockport County um yeah that's what County did for his career and he Imagine, imagine someone giving you that break. You know, he's he's so thankful, and the way that he portrays it is is beautiful. So it's 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 a wonderful, wonderful listen. Uh, I don't contribute all that much to it. You need to listen to this for Priestley. It sounds brilliant. If you're not talking that much, it sounds great. Uh, but <laughs> uh, one thing I would say, I'm looking forward to seeing your CV, O levels in history, woodwork, maths, and anti Andy Priest interview. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> you're going to be able to walk into a job anywhere. It's basically that. It's basically that minus the qualifications. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I, I enjoyed the setup for this because even I knew that goal and that celebration. I'd seen it before. And there was a trend on Twitter a few months back when football was still a thing of like, uh, and it was just limbs, wasn't it? So like, yeah. And, and that is an absolute limbs of a goal. Yeah. Well, he speaks, he speaks about the free kick where he was standing, the defender that moved, where, the way he ran, the, the movement, the touch, when it hit the back of the net, seeing the whites of the eyes. The, then he goes into detail about running into the fans, you know, jumping all amongst them. Um, 
the fact that it was at the railway end, not the chain line, which you know these days would seem weird. Um, just it's great. It's really, really good. And what else can we look forward to him talking about? Um, well, he, he speaks about going to Wembley. He speaks about you know being being part of uh, one of county's most fruitful and cult um, and successful strike partnerships. I mean, he was Big Kev's best mate. Do you know, he, he still speaks about him now. He still speaks to him on the phone. Um, the fact that he had this partnership where they just knew telepathically where each other were. You know, if one was in the box, the other one would drop deep, go wide, whatever. Um, the fact that they had this relationship, the fact that he said when the call came in for him to go to, to County, he was a bit confused because he was at Wrexham and he wasn't getting in the team. So he was further down the pyramid. He was in the reserves. And I, am I am I hearing this right? Stop, Stockport County are interested. Okay, well, you know, I'll, of course I'll go. So um, off he goes and, and he get you know he has this amazing career and moves to the premier league it, it's it's a great it's an unbelievable story and um it's one it's an interview that you know i'm i've already heard it and i've edited it which was um challenging but um i'll still i'll still listen to it again because because i just enjoyed it well here is chris's interview with andy priest so, Andy Priest, uh, welcome to Stockport County Live. It's, it's a pleasure to have you. How are you, how are you finding these strange times that we're in at the moment? Oh, same as everyone. It's difficult, isn't it? Uh, not being able to get out, not, and not being able to work. Um, you know, it, it's really tough times, but uh, there's nothing you can do. You, you know, you've just got to stay inside and, and make sure that everybody stays healthy. Uh, and, you know, the more we do that, uh, the sooner we'll be back to normal. But, you know, I'm sure it's tough for, for everybody, but um, not as tough as, as those on the front line who are out working every day in, in the NHS. So, uh, you know, grateful to, to them and what they're doing for us. Um, as at the moment, technically, we are in different camps, feel free not to give me too much information, but you work with football players now. How how are those guys? I mean, are you staying in regular contact with players? Are they How, how are just players... Uh, in general, finding this being stuck in does it goes against everything that they that they're used to? I imagine. Yeah, it's 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 really difficult. Um, <clears throat> some will have you know some some sort of equipment might might have some some dumbbells, might have a bike, um, uh, might be able to you know to do something themselves. Uh, you know, can all go for a for a run and a jog, uh, that sort of thing. So there's ways of keeping ticking over. Um, but I think it's a, it's more the mental side of it. Yeah. Uh, very, it's very difficult when you're used to being surrounded by uh, lads day in day out, having that ribbon, having that banter. Um, it's it's something that um, that you're going to miss and miss very quickly. And I think that's the that's a difficult side of it is um, not being able to get all together and uh, and have that banter and have that togetherness. I'm sure I, 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 we spoke to Sean Connolly the other day, who obviously still works in the game, uh, and I said to him, "I'm sure he's had it. I've had people asking me, and I'm, I'm barely on the fringes of the game. Um, people asking me what's going to happen with the league, what's going to happen with the season, and not only am I unable to say anything because I don't know anything at this moment in time, I don't even know who would know those answers. I mean, if if the Premier League hasn't sorted itself out, then how how can anyone else below it?" 
I just don't know how you can how you can actually plan for anything until until you know when we're going to be when we're going to be coming out of uh, of these restrictions. So it, it's um, it's difficult, you know. It really is difficult. You know, you see things getting uh, postponed and stopped in July. Now, yeah. my football thinks it's going to come back, you know, in June. Yeah. You know what? what you know why would um, Wimbledon and uh, Open Golf and massive uh, occasions then calling those off and football thinking that they'll be able to go ahead? So that I don't understand. No. Um, so you know it. <laughs> Does, does it bring about? Does, does it bring about issues with with players' contracts and things? With uh, well, players will yeah. have signed to May or June or whatever, but with the, I mean the season might still be going in in, in October at this rate. Well, for for us, um, you know, most of our players are out of con- contract in uh, the end of April, um, so that's coming up very very soon. Um, so something has to be said. So we have to be guided <laughs> in, in some way. Um, so it's. It's a difficult situation. Um, there's no easy, there's no easy answer to it. Um, but I do, I do fear that things um, will be played behind closed doors, and then I think that restricts it to probably the Premier League, possibly the Championship, because of the finances. You know, I just cannot. Clubs cannot um, survive without the without the gates. Um, if you start going then into the next season, again, that's uh, the Premier League went into the next season, and then again, that's without money for even longer for, for clubs. So um, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to get started again, and it doesn't look like that by by what we've what we've heard. Uh, but how they decide what's going to happen with the places, um, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a minefield in itself. Yeah, no, of course. Um, it's worth saying that ju- just in case I know there's there's um, things like club votes and things all scheduled, uh, depending on on which outlets you read at the moment. Uh, it's worth saying that we're recording this um, on the tenth of April, so I mean, it, it's, it may not go out for another week. So maybe things will have changed then, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Let's let's move on to why we're here, shall we? And let's speak about um, some fond memories uh, of football in years gone by, specifically your time with Stockport County, signed in, in 1991, um, scored a bag full of goals uh, in what what can only be described as a legendary stint at Stockport County, which is why we've invited you onto the show. Just to take us back to those days in, in the early 90s, the beginning of one of the most glorious decades, <laughs> certainly pop culture would have us believe, when, when Stockport County start sniffing around or you hear those the potential, if you like, that you could be going to Stockport County. Take us back to those days and just talk to us about how the move initially came about. Well, it was total shock, really. Uh, but for me, I was at, at Wrexham. Um, I wasn't doing great. Um, I'd had a problem in the best spell, probably I put three goals in uh, a five-game spell, but then found myself out the team again. Um and it was in, in Division 3 at that time. Um, and Stockport were in Division 2. Um, and Brian Flynn came to me and said, uh, Stockport County, uh, interesting signing. And signing and I thought, is he winding me up? Um, <laughs> because Stockport were, I think they were about 7th or 8th at that time in, in Division 2. Um, and Wrexham in Division 3. I wasn't in the team. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it was total shock. I couldn't believe it. I was punching myself. Uh, but, it, but it was true. Um, I think Dave Jones had been to watch me. I think um, Danny Bedard might have seen me in a, uh, in a reserve game with John Sainty. Um, and I, I think I'd scored in a reserve game. And they just seen something in it. Probably something that I, that I hadn't even seen myself, uh, to be honest, because, you know, I wasn't full of confidence at that time. Um, so it was it was an unbelievable move for me. Um, but, you know, I, I had no doubts whether I'd, you know, be good enough. Um, so, you know, it was it was going into the unknown. But, you know, it was an unbelievable move for me. I couldn't believe it. I want to pick up on something you said there. That's That's a really interesting way of putting it, that they saw something in you that you maybe didn't even see yourself. Now, we've spoken to a, a, a few club heroes in, in this in this lockdown period. Um, it, players like Tony Dinning, players like Sean Connolly, who they, they talk about the different the different mindsets of the managers that, that they played under the, the Dave Jones and the and the Danny Bagaras in particular uh, and John Sainty's role in everything that the John Sainty was very tactical Danny Bagara was very technical he wanted to, to grow players and, and Dave Jones was a real motivational um, kind of character the fact that you've got all three at the club at that time and you're learning about yourself as a player really to, to take what you've said there and say you know they're, they're seeing things in you that maybe you're not was that maybe the perfect blend to 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 bring out what you were then able to produce at County? Oh, definitely, definitely was for me. Uh, you know, they had it off to the two, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> you know, one would be uh, would be giving me a rarity. One would uh, be telling me how good I was and, and how well I was. <laughs> um, Another one would be a mixture, a mixture of all three, and you could go to to all three. All three of them played played a big part. You know, it wasn't it wasn't just one or the other. Um, you know, I spoke readily to to all three of them. They, they just know they just knew how to how to manage uh, you as a person uh, and, and work you out very quickly. And, and I think that was a massive a massive thing for me. Uh, because I think the mental side of the, the game was uh, was a big thing that, that I had to overcome and start believing in myself. Uh, and they helped me to do that. And, and once I did that and got a bit of confidence and started doing some goals, um, then you know, I did start really believing in myself. When you, when you look back at that time at Stockport County and the, the partnership with Big Kev was, was something that people still speak about, you know, these days pe- people still speak about it. Um, it it's, it's something that's never going to go away. But when you look at the certain games that you played in, what memories stick in your mind? What what do you sit and you think about when it's when it's a uh, you know everyone's gone to bed and you're just reminiscing to yourself or whatever? However you relive those moments, which are the ones that that get repeated in your mind? Um, well, they get repeated in the mind. They get repeated on the, uh, uh, from the DVD that that Tim did when I left. Um, we did a DVD and all my goals on tape. You know, I think I've got every, every goal I scored for Stockport County apart from Riley's first one against one. Uh, you know, I, I regularly, you know, I look at it because it's it, such good times. You know, and if, if I do feel a bit uh, a bit low, I'll put put those on, um, watch those, and. You know, it's it just fantastic memories. You know, it was such a great time, a great, great group of lads. Um, a successful 
time as well. That always makes it uh, makes it uh, better. You know, we were always in the in the playoffs. We were uh, going to once uh, once or twice a season, um, and you know, I just, I just remember silly things like you know some of the, some of the celebrations that that we did, and me, Ted, Toddy, we you know we'd be looking for. Yeah. celebrating goals um, and I think that those are the moments those real big moments whoever scored um, just, just that togetherness and, and just that um, that joy of scoring and, and winning games uh, obviously we've got individual highlights but you know the keeper our goal will, talk, to know, us, yeah. talk to us a little bit about those um, about those Wembley trips about behind the scenes Coming up to to those games, how how you know how the the games came about, and then the travel down there, and just being part of it. Okay, you know, unfortunately that there wasn't the success at the end of it, but as a player, that's what you live and dream for, isn't it? When you're that young lad, you dream of, of going to Wembley one day, and the fact that you've been able to live through it just just talks to us how how did that play out? Well, just basically, I got goosebumps back thinking about, you know, the very first time when we uh, when um we played Peterborough um and coming out coming out of that tunnel. That is what you dream about as a kid is is is, is playing at, uh, at Wembley. Um, you know, I have been a couple of times uh, to, to watch games actually to come out there, you know, and, and play in a game. It's just you're just scratching your head you're just thinking, how how has this happened? It's just it's just amazing feeling. Uh, and you know, the build up uh, to the games and, and and getting ready for it and uh, getting suits. You know, it was just like, you know, when you see in the FA Cup yeah. the, the full day in the FA Cup, you used to watch the full day the, the build up and the things getting on the toes and it was just I'd watched that so many times from other you know, from what other teams doing it, you know, to actually live, live through that and actually do it yourself, you know, it's just, just something that can never be taken away from you, you know, and, and to share with such a great group of great group of players with such a, a, a good uh, team spirit and good banter, um, everybody together, everybody pulling the same same direction. Um, it's just a shame that we never we never finished off. You know, couldn't stop the job in, in any of those games. When when you sign off with that line, I can feel the tinge in there. I mean, it was a, it was slightly before my time. I was just kind of getting into the realm of understanding what Stockport County was as a, a very young kid. But I can feel it certainly in, in your tone of voice there when you say we didn't sadly just didn't quite get over the line. <laughs> what emotions are there when when you say that? Because, like you say, you've you've hit the dream. You know, you've hit the dream of, of leading a team out, of, of walking out at Wembley Stadium. But just to fall just short, I mean, it doesn't take any, anything away from your status and the way you're remembered at the club, but your your emotion when you relive that? Um, it, 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 you know, there's a lot of sadness with that because I think if we could have just got over the line um, and got them over the players that we, we had at that time and the way we were going, um, I'd just love to see that team uh, play in the league of all. And, uh, you know, I honestly think we'd, we'd have been pushing, and we'd have been pushing very high. Um, and with, with Danny and, uh, and Jonesy and, and, and Trenty, with only decent recruitment alongside the players that we already had, I, I think we would have done really well. Yeah. Um, so, 
that's the, that's the unknown. We don't know, but you know, I'd have loved to have had a crack at that playing with Kev uh, in the, you know, what is the campus at that. Um, I think, um, you know, it, it, I think we would have done well, and, and it nearly happened. Uh, with football, um, uh, when Kev uh, was at, uh, went to Birmingham, uh, Barry Smiley came in just right for me. Uh, I had a group signed for Blackpool. Um, and there was no mobile mobile phones those days. And um, when I got home after agreeing to sign for Blackpool and uh, that, that night, I uh, had a message on the on the phone saying that um, that Barry Fry asking uh, if I'd be interested in going to Birmingham. Uh, wow. Nothing I could do. Um, so you know we were close to linking up again, uh, but uh, it wasn't to be. That relationship that you had with Kev, the the, the fans will remember it on the pitch. Just talk to us what it was like off the pitch. It sounds like uh, you had a real partner in crime there. Yeah, we, we, you know, we we just had an unbelievable understanding. I, I, I don't know. It, it, can't, I can't say that we, you know, that we worked on it. It was just it, just an instinct. Um, you know, he knew where I'd be. I knew where he was going to flick it. Um, I'd know where he'd be in the box. Um, and, you know, we just compliment each other for a while. Um, and, you know, I, think, I don't know, we scored well over 100 goals. In, yeah. Um, it's been two, just two and a half seasons or something. You know, it was ridiculous, you know. And, you know, you know I, was at, I missed a few a few games as well because there was so much pressure on the strikers at that time. You know, we, you know uh, I think there was about... Four or five other strikers pushing all the time uh, for, for the position, and Kev pretty much held this position. But I was always fighting people like John Gill and Paul Wheeler and uh, Peter Duffield and uh, Chrissy Bowman, Neil Matthews, you know, just an endless line of the of Danny's plan was, you know, to keep you on your toes all the time. Um, but, you know, off the pitch as well, you know, that. Uh, our wives were, were, were good friends, and, uh, and we got on got on really well. And um, you know, it's just one of those that, that sometimes you just click and, and we click. Do you do you still speak to Kev now? Do you do you, do you ever stay in touch? I, I have spoken to him for a, uh, for a while. The last time I played Edgeworth in a, in a game for Flemish. Uh, yeah, for his testimony. Um, yeah, yeah. So I haven't spoken to him since. Um, but um, you just remind times like this, uh, you know, you should be keeping in touch with people and, and take things a little bit for granted sometimes. We we've spoken as I mentioned before. We've we've spoken to a few players from around that era. Obviously, still working at the club, we still see so many faces continue to come back. I think Stockport County is a club that that really has that um, pull. If you like, you'll you'll know you'll you'll understand that players want to come back. They want to kind of catch up with old faces that, that they see there. And the people that I speak to, that certainly that were playing around the Danny Bagara times and then, the, you know, the, the, the ones that then moved on into the Dave Jones era and, and so on and so forth, they always speak about, it was a real team mentality. They, they speak about the, the bonds that they made. And I think Mike Flynn put it put it best when I spoke to him just in the bar under the cheetah end um, after a game once when he was saying, look, Technically, I wasn't the best player, and he was speaking about himself uh, in this in in this context. He was saying I wasn't the best player, but I had the heart of a lion, 
I trusted the lads around me and I knew that they trusted me. And I think that sums up what Stockport County was all about, certainly in that era. Yeah, definitely. We, we did. We, we, we did trust each other. You know, we, we, we had that belief in, in each other. And I think uh, Flynn uh, took himself down a little bit there, you know, all those strengths, yeah, you know, but, you know, he was better than that. And I think that's what, what Danny saw, that a lot of those players were, were much better than the level that they were playing at. Uh, and then when we got all brought together, we sort of... Um, you know, found that found that belief, and found a home where where everybody felt comfortable, um, and we fed off that, and we fed off that not just individually, but but as a group. Um, and people say all the time about the team spirit, yeah. You know, but you know, I'm telling you, it was un, it was unbelievable. You know, for some some great lads. You know, and. and that, that's what makes a difference, um, and it, and it was it was it was a whole club, you know. Steve Dallas was there, there. Uh, he's still there now. He's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah, there. He's there know. for life. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you know, and we were we were all close, you know. Uh, Glenn and I were the chairman, uh, you know, for, for, uh, for the whole the whole group, you know. Um, yeah. We were all all really close, looked after each other, had each other's backs, and uh, and and I think that's been successful. I think you speak about when you know what you what you dream about as a boy, and of course Wembley is the top of that ambition. But something else that a lot of youngsters will speak about um, wanting to achieve in the game when they go on um, is being a striker and being one that's remembered. I think it's 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 probably the coolest position to play when you're in school and it, and it kind of goes from there. So you, you did that, you tick that box, you, you form a historic partnership uh, with a player like Kevin Francis, which if I can put you on the spot here, which goals specifically do you think that was a great goal either for you personally or as a partnership with Kev when, I mean, there are certain ones that I can imagine that you will say, but to put the question to you, which goals stand out in your career for, for County? Oh, you know, there were so so many big moments, so, so many um, big goals that that were important at that time. You know, I, I love playing in the in the big games, uh, like uh, the West, you know West Brom at, at home. You know, when when they they bring a full contingent of fans, uh, Burnley games. You know, that they were always massive, massive games. Um, you know, so to, to score in those games were, were massive. And, uh, and my thing was that, you know, I was a football, you know, I was an absolute fanatical football fan when I, when I was a kid, a Villa fan. Um, and, you know, when, when I played, when I scored, I just wanted to share it with the fans. Uh, you know, I just run run over to the fans. <laughs> you know, most of my celebrations are in, in with the fans or, or on the fence or whatever it, whatever it might be. Because, you know, I, that's that's where I you know that's where I thought I'd be for probably you know on the other side of that fence yeah. cheering cheering the uh, players on um, so you know it just made everything to me to to score a goal you know obviously the biggest one was the QPR one um, you know probably for my career um, probably defined uh, defined me in, in going on uh, and playing in, in the Premier League. Um, 
and you know, and obviously the importance of it. You know, there was top six six side at the time uh, with Ray Wilkins and Trevor Sinclair and Les Ferdinand. Um, you know that they had, I think, they had three or four England internationals yeah. in that team. Um, just, and, just, you know, just Kevin, replay that for us if you were that goal. Just. Just relive it, and I just want to hear because you speak so well about reliving memories. Just, just relive that one for us. Uh, well, yeah, look, we're doing we're doing so well in the game. Um, I think we went, <clears throat> I think we went one 0 down, yeah, uh, early, um, and then uh, Kev, Kev scored a great, great finish. The ball, I think, the ball got played over the top. His first touch was great. Um, and he finished it. I think Tony Barris might have been lay offside at the time, but yeah, but the referee gave it. And we're on top, you know, we're on top of the game and, it, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of chances. Um, and I, I don't think I'd had too, I'd had a couple of finesse, but nothing, nothing major. And uh, Ward is uh, lining up a free kick. Um, and I think he's tried to, He's tried to clip it round round the back, uh, and and he's not caught it right. And I've started to spin round the back, but I've just I've, I've picked up the line of the ball very 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 quick, and I think it was marking me. I remember it was marking me, but he, he slipped, um, and I'm facing the, the wrong the wrong way to the goal, um, and the ball's just come at a perfect height for a volley, and I've just. I don't know. It's just one of those interesting <laughs> moments where you know you're just not thinking. It's just a, it's just one of those things you just do uh, and the spur of the moment. And uh, you know I've just hit it on the volley on the turn, um, and I've just couldn't have caught it any better. And it's just gone uh, into the net, and uh, the celebration was just ridiculous. You know, I've just gone running off, and I think. I think if the fence hadn't been there, I'd still be running now. Uh, it, was just, it was just fantastic. I, you know, I couldn't get into you, you couldn't get into the crowd then at that time because the fence was so so high, so you couldn't get on top of it. You know, so it just stopped you. You know, and it, uh, just all all the lads run over, and um, you know, it's just just an unbelievable moment. It's just one of those things you just you just dream about, and never think it's going to happen. Um, and then for us to get right through to the end and that be the winning goal and you know and then have all those fans coming on and carrying you off the pitch again that's just you know it's just something you watch as a kid and you just don't think that's going to happen to you and then you, you know you just you know I just remember me and Kev uh, getting lifted off by the fans it's just fantastic moments uh, memories and uh, things that I'll, uh, you know I'll never forget yeah do you even I mean is it even possible to to, to remember how you felt the exact second the ball hit the back of the net. I mean, I'm assuming you've seen it back a few times on, on YouTube or wherever, but I mean, you try and remember those moments and it's just sheer elation, isn't it? Oh, just, it's hard to describe that, that fear. At first, I think the first it's initial thing's a little bit of shock that, wow, that's gone in. <laughs> and then, and then you've got sort of realised the importance of, you know, what, what's happened. You know, and then the uh, you know it's the FA Cup, and then it's it's QPR, and then we're in the lead, and it just all those all those thoughts just go go around at, at, at that that moment, and um, just uh, just a fantastic just a fantastic moment, um, and and something that then I think you know that game um, Ray Wilkins was playing, and he had said to Alan Smith at, at Crystal Palace that um, that he should sign me. Um, yeah. on on that performance so 
you know, that was, uh, you know, a big, a big game for me in, in my career. And it just shows how, how things can move very quickly in, in football and um, from, from one, you know, one magical moment. Wow. Uh, now, let's move on to where we are uh, nowadays. Obviously, you, you've gone into management. How did you find the, the transition from, from playing into, into the managing side of the game? Um, well, I, I just went straight. I, you know, I was playing manager uh, at Barry, so I was um, I was straight into it really without without much preparation. You know, I just taken my uh, my B license um, and was doing a little a little bit with the reserves. And then Neil Warnock went to Sheffield United, and I was the most senior player. Um, and Terry Robinson asked me to take over for now while he sorted the, the manager out, and then. You know, four years later, you know, I was still there. So, um, it, you know, it was, it was a learning on the job for me, really. You know, I just had to learn as I went along. Um, didn't, didn't have an assistant to, to start with, you no know, one with any experience until the, you know, the second or third season. So, um, it, it was good in that way because, you know, you got to see everything. You, you had to do everything yourself. You had to manage, you had to play, you had to try and coach. Um, so I think the grounding was brilliant for me because I learned so much in such a short period of time. Um, and then, I, you know, I had some really good people uh, to work with. Billy Air was my first assistant. Um, he unfortunately died of cancer. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Graham Barrow came in, um, was my assistant. So, you know, it's... Some good times. Some good times at Barry. You know, we reached the playoffs uh, in League Two, um, and um, you know that that set me up really for for the rest of the rest of the time uh, managing. You know, the the clubs I have since. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm pretty battle hardened now, and you know, in 20 years, you know, I'm still fairly young, and uh, you know, so uh, I still think there's more to do. When when you when you got the move to to Chorley, obviously you were going to be coming up against County. You're coming back to the club, and you know we'll, we we obviously can't get around the fact that it was a very competitive season last season. But the fact that you're coming back to County, where you've got such great memories as a player, and you're on the opposition side in the dugout uh, against a former teammate, just how did all that make you feel? How did all you know what what was going on through your mind when 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 this scenario started coming around? Um. It's, it's one of those things you just have to try and put it out of your mind, really, where you're going and where, who you're going back to. And um, but you know the, the games were so important, so it's very hard, hard to just do that and, yeah. and dismiss it. Um, you know, I think I've, I've been back once as a player, which I found really, really difficult. I, I don't know why. I just, you know, I just, I just felt it, it felt a little bit, it felt wrong coming back and yeah. trying to. You know, I only came. They did that. I think one game. And I think I think I got carried off. I think I got a, a, a stud in my eye and couldn't see. So it wasn't, it wasn't oh. a great a great night for me. Um, uh, but this is a little bit a little bit different. You know, you got you've got a job to do, um, and um, it was it wasn't it wasn't as difficult. Um, and um, as, uh, you know, it's just about focusing on 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 your team and what, what you do. And then, um, you know, you're going to see people that, that you've seen before. Um, you know, that's going to bring back memories. You know, people are going to talk to you, what to do and band and, and that, and, it, and that's brilliant. And it, it, it does, 
it does make you feel great, but you, you know, you can't be deflected away from that. You've got a job to do, and you know, you've got to win a game. I, I don't know how I'm going to ask you this next question. I don't mean to upset any Chorley fans if they're listening, but the fact that you've you've won promotion and, and congratulations for last season on on doing that. You've won promotion alongside Stockport County. Okay, County won the league and Chorley came second, but ultimately you you've both gone up. Did that feel? Did it feel nicer? How did did you not think about it? Was it was your mindset solely on Chorley? But how did it feel given that you're in this real tug of war all season? But ultimately, both of your teams, if you like, not both of your teams, Chorley are your team, but the team that you work for and the team that you have such fond memories with have both gone up. Is, is that a nice feeling? Is it not something you thought about? What goes on there? Um, it was more uh, more thought about once uh, or once we got promoted in the playoffs. Then yeah. you start thinking it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, it, it didn't uh, it didn't feel so nice. Um, um, but you know, when you reflect on it and you and you look back, it it, it you know it is nice. If if there's going to be another another club, it's nice to to have a club that. Uh, I had so, so much success with, and that, that shaped me as a as a player and as a person. You know, and that that'll never that'll never go away. You know, I owe a lot to to Stockport County. Um, so, you know, it was not it was nice after all it was going on. It was, um, you know, it was all it was all about Charlie. You know, it was all about Charlie. Of course, of course, yeah. Um, and and that you know, and and that's the way it has to be. Um, it was. You know, it, it was difficult. It was difficult, you know, because we've been up there for so for so long, and to get pipped right at the end. Um, but you know, I'm not just saying it. All those playoffs, you know, I've had a lot of playoff misses. To to actually go up in the playoffs is is amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's an unbelievable feeling, especially the way we did it. You know, with you know, with two penalty shootouts and both penalty shootouts, we were behind it. You know, I can't. I, you know, I think I can't think it would have been better winning the league than going up in the playoffs in the manner that we did in the end. So, you know, it worked out really well for both teams. Um, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, we both got promoted. I know there was a lot of banter flying about back, backwards and forwards. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're all we're all friends, really, though, aren't we? We're all friends. Really. <laughs> we're, we're all friends. Yeah, <laughs> we're all friends. <laughs> Um, I don't know how this season's going to end. I don't think anyone can predict that at the moment. But um, do you get the impression, and feel free to say no comment, I really don't want to put you in a, uh, an uncomfortable position, but do you get the feeling that maybe County are getting closer to a return to the Football League now? Yeah, I think I think, I think it's, a, it's inevitable at, at some point. I, I can't see the club now starting to, to go backwards. No way. You know, it's uh, definitely got a forward momentum. Um, now with a, you know, with a new owner coming in as well, you know, financially, yeah, going to be really, really strong with the crowd and the fan base, um, and and the momentum now uh, that the club's got. Then, you know, you can only see real positive things for Stockport County going forward, and you know, getting back to the sort of uh, days that 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 we had when, when we were there and um, you know you can only see that happening in, in the near future and uh, um, you know it'll be good to see um, you know uh, 
it, like I said, you know, Stockport County shaped me as a person and, and as a player. Um, so, you know, I've only got really good members. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's clear from, from what you've said and the way you've said it uh, today, Andy, that the club clearly resonates. It's clearly left a, a very, very positive uh, impact on your career and, and life, it must be said. Uh, really appreciative that you've joined us today. As mentioned, we do have a little quiz to run through with you, only 20 seconds long. Um, I can tell you at the moment, Tony Dinning is leading uh, the leaderboard. Um, so you've got to beat four. It's 20 seconds. Four. Yeah, four, but it's 20 seconds, so it is fairly quick thinking. But, um, yeah, we're going to give you 20 seconds, and hopefully uh, you can pick him to the top of the to the top of the scoreboard. So um, I'll get going as soon as I've read this first question, which is this. Name a county player from any era whose surname begins with A. Angel. How many letters in Stockport County? Fifteen. Who won the National League North last season? Stockport County. <laughs> what is the name of Stockport County's ground? Actually, part. There's 20 seconds. And do you know what, Andy? You tied it with four. I'm sorry I had to throw in the, the, the National League North question. But you've, you've gone joint top of the leaderboard and you're ahead of Sean Connolly, which is... Um, uh, he he got two, so you're ahead of him. So it's not it's not all you know. It's positive. Uh, positive oh, all right, that's all right. I'll settle for that. I'll settle for that. <laughs> uh, I did. I I didn't want to say Scotland County, but unfortunately, it's true. <laughs> okay. I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. I'll, uh, I'll ne- listen. Ne- next time, next time you're at Esley Park, I owe you. I owe you a pint, <laughs> um, Andy. It has been an absolute treat speaking to you today, and I really mean that. The, the way you spoke about the club uh, has been fantastic. And listen, you're welcome back with open arms anytime. Would you go as far to say as that's a landmark interview in your media career with Stockport County? Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting way of putting it because if I'm honest, I feel amazingly lucky, or, or whatever the word is, to. To, to interview the gaffer every week and the gaffer being Jim Gannon, but to have also spoken, you know, on first name, friendly terms with, you know, the likes of, of Mike Flynn, uh, the likes of Sean Connolly, the likes of Alan Armstrong. Um, I think just to get Preecy, you know, it's another name on a, on a, on a, a very glorious list. But when it's the same with Sean Connolly the other week, when they go into the level of detail that they do, you can't help but, but be a little flattered that they're that they're speaking to you in that context. It's it's great, and personally, yeah, I'm very proud to, to have done that. So amazing! What have you got next Tuesday in your top three with Sam Burn? Uh, so we have top three goals with myself and Sam next week. Which um, you know these lists don't get any easier. We've got um, top three goals that I don't know how we're going to pick them out. I don't know how you. I don't, I, top three goals how do you even go there how do you do it but um, yeah we're going to go for it we're going to try we're going to pick out County's top three goals in the last 30 years um, good luck maybe Priest will get a mention in there I'm sure he will um, but so will so many other players so um, top three goals that's going to be an interesting chat um, look forward to that one that's on Tuesday night and on Thursday who's your, who's your legend into next week oh well I mean, far be it from me to big anything up <laughs> a little bit too much, but um, you don't want to miss you don't want to miss it next Thursday. It's Tony Dinning, the man who, because of this guy, 
he, uh, he, he the, the classic city anthem. If you're a Manchester City fan, you know the whole words to, you know, you know the whole everything to to Blue Moon, the way it goes, you know, backwards, inside out, upside down, back to front. And because of Tony Dinning, um, we have our own version. You know, he's he's that guy. Uh, he, you know, he did everything. He did everything under the management teams of um, Danny Bagara, of Dave Jones, of uh, of Gary Megson, of uh, Andy Kilner. And then he came back, and having played with Jim for so long, he then went on to play under Jim and played in that magnificent nine in a row team. He talks about working with Kevin Keegan. He talks about. Uh, coming down here with Alan Armstrong about slotting in, about the way he always wanted to play, the way he always wanted to be a footballer, his life within the game, um, it's tremendous. It's uh, it's it again. It's it's one that you don't want to miss, and I'm I am thoroughly looking forward to that one, but not as well in a different way to the Andy Priest one. Kevin Keegan, you say? I would love it. I would love it. Right? I would love it if that's a great interview. <laughs> I would love it if we could get Kevin Keegan on the show. <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. I'll see what I can do. Regards, Kev. Well, with your contacts these days, with your CV. See how I brought it back to the CV chat there? It's almost like we planned it. But we didn't, to be sure. <laughs> Chris, thanks. Thanks. 